I just, I just want to tell you, uh, the church is on the move today, and our call is to reach out to those people that aren't here this morning. There's a world around us this morning that's never heard the good news. They've never acted on the good news. We have people in the church that go door to door and knocking and giving, sharing the good news. We have people that just every day on the job. I, very seldom do I go through a week, but what, uh, somebody will say, boy, there's a guy in your church that's been telling me, you need to get in there and be a part of us. And that thrills me because you're carriers of the good news. We're all carriers. We, we live in this house, and this house is called the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, uh, know one thing. You're carrying something. May it be contagious and not the whooping cough, but may it be contagious with Jesus. So next Sunday, we'll officially an- announce our newest staff member and his family, and we want you to get acquainted with them. Four children. They're going to be a blessing to our community. And then tonight at 6 o'clock, from 6 till 7, 7.30, we're going to begin a series entitled The God That I Never Knew. We're going to be borrowing uh, uh, the uh, material from Robert Morris, and uh, it's going to be very outstanding, and we want you, maybe you've experienced the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have received that baptism. It would be great to come and realize and know all of the facets that God has for you as a carrier of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, when Jesus came into our life, the Holy Spirit moved in. He came to be a part of us. And inwardly, our, our inward spirit was renewed. It was born again. And, uh, and then there's uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that's made available to the believer. And, you know, there's been a lot of good. There's been a lot of bad about uh, the emotionalism of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, our emotions are part of us. God has given us all emotions. It, it doesn't take near as much to bring tears to my wife's eyes as it does me. But we all are emotionally. However, God has given us control of our emotions. I'm responsible at, on Friday night ball game if my emotions get uh, out of hand. I'm responsible. I have to take responsibility. When I come to church, I'm responsible. Sometimes I get so enthused, I jump up in the pew with my shoes on, and, and I know that's not the right thing to do. But sometimes I just allow my emotions to just flare up. And now I've got some friends that aren't here. I'm going to tell on them. They have some emotions, too. They can fly off the handle sometimes. However, when they do, I have the right to say, you're responsible for your own actions <laughs> before I retaliate. So anyhow, I want, you to, I want you to pray for those that will be attending the class. It's not about an emotion. It's about an re- experience with the Lord. And I just trust it's going to be a blessing. It's a gift. And, uh, and God wants to fill the church in these hours with something that will empower us to be everything that the Word of God says we can be. Today's October the 16th. How many days is it till we vote? Too many. What day do we vote? I can't hear you. Bill, where are you? November the 8th. How many days is that, Bill? I knew he, could, he, would always, he always comes to my rescue. 24 days until we vote. I want to talk to you this morning about something that's uh, of interest to all of us. And, uh, and I'd like to just entitle what I'm going to say this morning is... Uh, where are we today, and how did we get there? The people from Kentucky, they uh, are here today, but they got here by driving. And Richard and Karen, they probably drove too, didn't you? 
Once in a while they fly. But, you know, how did we get here? I'm going to talk to you about spiritually how did we get here and how we're handling the situation and what's in store and, uh, and, and where we are according to the Bible. And in just a few days, America is going to choose a leader called the president, and he will lead the most powerful nation for the next four years if, should Jesus put his sanctions on his life. And today there's a, there is a fierce fight going on in the political world that rages around the world. And once again, America will be saying, this is the one I want to endorse. So many sincere Americans are asking this, this today, how do I vote? I'm not here to tell you how you, you're to vote. It's illegal. I'm going to, even though I don't always obey the speed limit, I'm going to obey. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. But it's your decision and it's your responsibility to find out who stands up for biblical, uh, uh, the, the biblical, bi- biblical principles that God has for us. Who stands up uh, against abortion, killing babies? Who stands up uh, against uh, same-sex marriage? Who stands up against uh, uh, the ways of sin? And then I've heard this, the, old, the religion that's practiced will, needs to make, make some changes. It's an old-fashioned way, and that's, that's my terminology of what's being said. Listen to me. The Bible never changes. The methods may change, but the Bible never changes. Well, how did we get here? And with these words, I want to talk to you this morning. As a minister, I'm not here to tell you how to vote. Vote for the person who's against abortion or a promoter of a homosexual lifestyle or somebody who's, who's bent on selling out our freedoms to other nation as a Christian to a Muslim agenda and to the Koran and their antichrist Islam religion. Listen to me this morning. This is our country. It's still one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. However, we have candidates today said, we're going to take down all the walls. We're just going to intermingle. You know, I, I wish I was from Australia. Australian sell, tells the people that try to infiltrate their country and try to change it into their way of, of living and to their way of believing. This is our country. If you don't like it, leave. You know, I think we need to adopt that. If you don't like it, this is our home. The problems that we're facing today as a nation are not political, though. They're spiritual. They're spiritual. And there's no political solution for a spiritual problem. America's problems is a problem of the heart. We are living in a sobering time in history today. And as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, he calls us to take a stand for righteousness. And it doesn't really matter what our form of worshiping pot is. We have candidates are saying, you know, that's old-fashioned. We're going to change these things. Listen to me. It's you and I that need to change things. And we do it according to the Word of God. There's a voice today that makes the mistake of saying Christians should not get involved in politics. That's a lie. However, while we were silent and not standing up for our rights, some politicians and liberal courts stole prayer, Bible reading, and the Ten Commandments from our public schools, as well as many other of our freedoms. The First Amendment of the Constitution plainly reads, Congress shall make no laws respecting an oath established of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. 
What's that saying? If I want to worship the Lord the way I want to worship, it it should be my privilege. If you want to worship the Lord in a different way, that's your privilege. We all have privileges. And God doesn't expect you to act like me. But I can tell you that God has put in his word the standards and the ways of living. Jesus says the thief comes but for the steal, kill, and destroy. Politics is destroying our, our ability to exercise our freedom religiously. They're also wanting to take your guns. That'll be a cold day in Chester, won't it? (laughs) So with so much corruption, lying, deceit, lack of Christian principles, and morality in our government, there's no place where Christianity is needed more than in our government and in politics. Jesus said, we are the salt and the light of this world in Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 and 14 and as Christians we're to occupy till he comes do you know Jesus said that what does that mean it means to get involved stay involved hang in there baby speak up and take a stand for what's right if we fail to stand up for what's right according to the word of God mark my word the devil's crowd will cram their anti-god anti-christ and a bible and a christian ways down our throats it's already happening but god is good he's a good in, he's good in the day of trouble he's good no matter what day it may be He's good Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He's good all the time. Let me ask you this question. So what should we want in the White House? Who do we want to sit in the White House that will lead our country down the way that God wants it to be? Can I tell you this? Somebody that will call our nation back to God. And I know, I know many people say, well, how can you do that when both kettles are black? You got your eyes on the wrong thing. You're not going to eat the kettle. You're going to eat what's in the kettle. I've seen some good food come out of dirty black skillets. They were washed, but they were still black. Don't get your eyes on the kettle this morning as a Christian. Look what's in the kettle today and say, is that someone who will call our nation back to God? Psalms 9, chapter 9, verse 17 says, God's word plainly says, the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. When the president of the United States lies in a court of law under oath and 67% of American people approve, this is deception. And America has been deceived. Number three, we need somebody in the White House who will expose the wicked agenda of radical Muslims. I'm not against the Muslim that want to believe as a Muslim. But when they take the heads off of Christianity, Christian people, and they call themselves radical Muslims, I'm against that. They don't belong here. They don't belong here. They really didn't belong building a, 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 a place where, where the Twin Towers fell in 9-11. But they mark, they mark their territory everywhere they go. Listen. It'll be a cold day in Chester before the Muslims face, cry on their ways of living down our throat. 
And the key to the principle is this, found in God's Word. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, are you a follower of Jesus this morning? Then he's talking to all of us. He's not, he's not talking just to the Pentecostals. He's not just talking to the evangelicals. He's talking to everybody. And he says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, what does he expect? He expects us to pray. My people who call, are called by my name will humble themselves. The first thing is to humble ourselves. How do we humble ourselves? Simply by stopping our busy agendas that crowd out our prayer time, and our Bible reading time. Humbling ourselves in the sight of God is just simply finding a place where we can just sometimes build an altar. And sometimes my steering wheel and my pickup is my altar. But it doesn't matter what your altar looks like. Are you taking time to humble yourself before God and say, not my will, but your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Humbling ourselves. He said, if you will humble yourself and pray. It's important that we pray when we humble ourselves. What is prayer? Prayer is just simply talking to the Lord. I don't talk to him in Hebrew or Greek. I say, Lord, get them today. You know who I mean. He knows what help means. He knows it all. He's even heard some language pointed at me that I can't repeat. And when the spirit of slap comes over me because I want to retaliate, I know I can't retaliate with my mouth, but, boy, i just like to get all ten of my fingers in there. <clears throat> and even to Stephen. Listen to me. He said, if you'll humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways, four things he's asked. He said, then will I hear from heaven. Then will I forgive my, your sins, and then I will heal your land. It's in Second Chronicles. It's in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. In the next 24 days, did you say 24 days? No, that may build. I can see your, yes, 24 days. How many will say, I'm going to make it a point and a decision. I'm going to spend some time with Jesus. I'm going to ask him what he intervened. I don't want to lose my Christian values and my principles. I don't want to lose my right to choose where I'm going to worship the Lord. I don't want somebody telling me I can't raise my hand or I can't stand in prayer in public and pronounce the living God is alive and well. Listen to me. Let me tell you where we're at. Do you know uh, that, that the Muslims... Uh, have a God that's died and he was put in the grave and there's not even probably bones, just dust left where they laid him and they still worship him? Muhammad, did you know if you go to the grave site where my Jesus died, he died, but three days he arose again and he said, if I go away, I'll come again. He didn't just immediately exit. Exit. He knew that there would be people like me that would need living proof. So for 40 days, he proved that he had nail prints in his hand, a place on his side where the sword had pierced, place on his brow where the crown of thorns had, he had worn. He proved it that he was the one that bled and died on the tree that you and I could go free. Why can't we spend some time humbling ourselves and praying and seeking his face and turning from, turning our wicked ways. We all have some things that God wants us to work on. He wants to help us work on our, our situations that need improvement. Yeah. 
But here's what he said, if you'll do that, if you'll meet the condition, I'll take care of your country. We need somebody in the house, White House who will expose the wicked agenda of radical Muslims. Jesus said it plain, John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No one comes to the Father by, by me. That's true. That's living proof. Radical Muslims tell us that Muhammad is the only way, but when Muhammad died, he was buried. His flesh and bones rotted in the grave. However, when Jesus died and, and was buried on the third day, he arose. He's alive today. That's the reason I get excited. He's alive. He lives inside of you. If you're here today and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, he's living inside of you because you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. And here's what he said, these signs shall follow them that believe. He not only wants you to believe that he lives inside of you, but he wants you to carry living proof just like he did after he was crucified. It would be pretty hard to, to argue with nail prints in his hand, wouldn't it? It would be pretty hard to say that's not the man we crucified if he had places where his body had been bruised and where blood had gushed from the pores of his flesh. It would be pretty hard to deny that the truth was visible because Jesus didn't immediately exit and leave doubt, fear, and unbelief in the life of his followers. He proved that he was. And can I say this today? You know what he's still saying? Prove me and see if I will not do what I said I'll do. I'll restore your storehouses. I'll fill you with good things. And Psalms 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. We're needing some of his benefits. Who forgives all our iniquities. What else does he do? Who He heals all our disease. He fills our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagle. And listen, God has placed a generator inside of all of us today. But the only way a generator will generate power is when you're plugged in. And we as Christians may be, need to be plugged in to the Word of God. It's not how loud I shout amen. It's not how fast I run. It's not how, how many times I pray in a heavenly language. Listen to me. It all stems down to our way plugged into the power source of Jesus Christ. Let me do a little self-examination. Jesus says, by this shall all men know that you're plugged into the power source if you love one another. How many have ever said this? Well, I just love him enough to get to heaven. Or let me not be prejudiced. Let me be politi political, right? How many ladies have said, well, I love him just enough to get to heaven? Probably not quite there yet. We're praying that the trumpet don't sound today and you have to uh, answer, well, I just didn't, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It'll be too late to say I'm sorry. We're, we're here today. We're reconcil reconciling our life every day. We want to come in line with the Word of God. Christians in the Muslim nations are now being persecuted, stoned, raped, burned alive, and beheaded. And can I say this? I'm 75 years young today, and I just feel so good. Sometimes I just like to start running laps around this building. And I'd like to see if I couldn't just run as many laps as you run. You might run faster, but I'm going to hang in there till we cross the finish line because I'm in this thing to win. Listen to me. I'm concerned about you parents that have small children. I'm concerned about grandparents that have kids growing up. Listen, at my age, I'm going to make it. 
There, I, I made it to when times when there was no, no food in the cabinet. I made it to times when my dad didn't have a spare tire to put on his car coming home from church, and he'd take the tire off of the rim, and we'd drive five to ten miles, on a, and, and he'd drive off the shoulder so to, so to try to spare the tire. I know what hard times are like. I've heard my mom and dad pray at the midnight hour, God, there's no food in the cupboard, but you're a prayer answering God. God, we've got four children, and you said, I once was young, now I'm old. And David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I need to tell you, I know what hard times are. I know when there's no money to go to the grocery store. I remember the time when I would ask my dad, do you have a nickel? After I'd run home from school and eat a spam sandwich, I'd say, Dad, do you have a nickel? I could get a big sack of candy for a nickel. And there was days my dad said, Son, I wish I had a nickel. Listen to me. Listen to me. I know how to get through hard times. I know what, how it is to miss a meal now and then. But let me ask you, how about you people that have kids that are being raised? Do you know what hard times are? Do you know when there's no money in the, in the bank account and there's no food in the, in the pantry? Do you know what to do in order to feed your family? Listen to me. It's time we plug in with God. Nothing shall be impossible. And he said, he that comes to me must believe. You got to believe. You know, belief is not a feeling, it's a decision. Do you know love is not a feeling? Sherry got over feelings a long time ago. It's a decision. I better move up here. I know when to change the subject. It's a decision. Are we going to plug in? Are we going to make serving God an option? Or are we going to do what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all of these other things will be added unto you. Listen, God has a plan. He has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your children's life. He has a plan for your grandchildren's life. How do we know the plan? Don't wait till you get to church to pray, God, I pray that you'll touch my pastor with, with a plan so I'll know what to do. I'm at the end of my road. God wants you to know his plan every day. The first thing I want to tell you, he's for you and not against you. Number two, he says, when your ways please me, I'll make your enemies to be at peace. So quit trying to make peace with your enemy. Pray for them. Pray for those that despitefully use you. And don't follow the example of politics. Please, please, please. We have a presidential candidate who's very sympathetic to the Muslims. Come on, America, wake up before it's too late. I, for one, do not want a Muslim or a Muslim sympathizer in the White House. And you shouldn't either. We need someone in the White House who will call our nation to prayer and to repentance. And today, once again, our nation is at the crossroad. We stand on the brink of self-destruction. And I believe that the only sovereign move of God can save this nation today. In Jeremiah chapter 37, verse 17, it says, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth with your great power and outstretched arm. Listen to me. I've got some encouragement. I'm not preaching gloom and despair. I've got some words that I'm going to close with today that are uplifting. They'll build your spirit. They'll cause you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of, your might, of his might. Jeremiah 32, verse 17 says, There's nothing too hard for you, Lord. There's nothing too hard for you. And you know what? Just let me tell you, I have feelings just like you. There's been times when I want to just throw something in the screen of that TV and just destroy that voice.
you know, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit says, don't throw anything, just change channels. Don't be destructive. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. The number one thing is, let me ask you, the Bible says, let a man examine himself. You know, I'm just here, I mean, I'm your coach this morning. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to speak words of life. Jesus, as he spent 33 and a half years, he spent 30 years preparing for a three and a half year ministry. And he said, the words that I speak, they're filled with spirit and they're filled with life. And if we're followers of Jesus, then if we're imitators of him, what are we supposed to speak? Life. 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 John 10, 10, the thief comes up for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Power is the greatest issue of the 21st century. Ever since August of 1945, when the first atomic bomb shattered Hiroshima, the sickening fact settled that a man who had never been able throughout history to control power now has the ability to make Earth a spinning graveyard in space. Without the character and the wisdom of humanity, with God in control, power is the formula for the end of the world today. Power in itself is not evil, nor is it wrong to have a passion to possess power. Jesus Christ preached a gospel of power. And the kingdom is established through power. When it's, the Bible says, for yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever, Matthew six thirteen. We all like power. I like to drive down the road with somebody who, and I'm not driving, so I'm not responsible. And somebody rolls up the side of you, and the guy I'm riding with just steps on it. And he waits for the person to catch up. You're running right along, and you're just waiting for the next move. And there's power under the hood of that vehicle. And that, that car that's easing up the side of it just kind of gets a little a bit of in front of us, and my friend steps on it. We should see ourselves in the light of God the same way that your vehicle is. There's nothing like having horsepower that's made available just in case somebody pulls up the side of us and wants to stir the gift within us. <laughs> to be boys again spiritually God wants you to know that he has equipped you with power you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Samaria Jerusalem the other part other most part of the earth there's something under the hood of your life that the world is craving for today and it's p-o-w-e-r a friend of mine from Australia visits. He's, it's been probably seven or eight years since he's been here. I don't even know whether you could take him or not. I've been praying about having him come back. But he was in a large church in Missouri one Sunday morning, and, and a host of Harley Davisons pulled up, and they all came in in their leathers. God anointed my friend that morning with an awesome message. And when he gave the invitation, all except one gentleman, almost as broad as he was thick, stood at the aisle and never moved forward to have prayer with his biker friends. 
My friend from Australia walks back to him and he says, Hi, mate. And the biker says, Hello. He said, You're a Christian? Nope. He said, Would you mind stepping out in the aisle? And the biker stepped up out in the aisle. And this friend of mine just snapped his finger. And the power of the Holy Spirit traveled from his finger. And that biker hit the floor like a rock. He told the gentleman behind him, he said, stand him up. They stood him up. He said, how was that, mate? And he's, he's shaking his head. He said, how about another dose? And he snapped his finger, and the biker hit the floor again. And they raised him up. He said, how was that, mate? He said, I believe I'm ready to accept Jesus. <laughs> Listen to me. Listen to me. There's power in the name of Jesus. How many would like to meet this man from Australia? That's what I thought, one people. We're not going to have him. It's all right. I don't think you could take him. He's crazy. But he's full of Jesus. There's power of God. Listen to me. What kind of power am I talking to? The power that comes from God that spoke to the, the son, and the son stood still. God, God spoke, and you and I became living souls. What kind of a God do we serve? He created us in his own image. In his own handiwork. And when I think about how this body operates and sometimes how it needs adjustment, and I think about the Creator, He put every vital organ inside of me so that I can function like I function. And when I'm doing wrong things and my body's trying to tell me that's enough, that's enough, He made my body with the ability to have something we don't like pain. Do you know pain's not your enemy pain's just trying to tell you you need to cool it and back off a little you need to kind of you know sometimes it's just sometimes it's just a shutdown button I don't like pain I, I, I run from pain don't tell me your wife is your pain sir I saw you talking to her <laughs> no listen to me listen to me God has created us to be carriers of his power. He created us in his own image. Can I say this? He, he created you to have fun, too. Don't get uptight if your candidate doesn't win. It doesn't mess up God's plan. Do you know 2,000 years ago God knew who would be serving us today? Did you know he knew before you were ever born in your mother's womb, before your mother ever conceived you, what your last name would be, who would be your companion, and where you'd be this morning? He knew all of that. He knows how much, how many more breaths of air that I, I, I'm going to breathe. He knows when he, he looked at my finishing moments before he ever created me, and he says, he's worth it. And he said it for you too. And I don't care where you've been, what you've done. God wants you to know he's got plans for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, you need to go there this week and look and see what God has. He has something that, that will help you. He has the ability to make this earth a spinning graveyard in space. Power in itself is not wrong. Nor is the passion to possess power. Jesus Christ preached the power in his kingdom established. He spoke and dead men came to life. And demons were delivered from those people. And when you and I can look at a man who spoke to the storms and the storms obeyed, that's power. Yeah. 
then he's granted you and I the privilege of sitting at the right hand of God. That's power. And then he's given you authority over principalities, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. He's even given you the ability to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the plan of God. Believers are given supernatural power to become children of God. And they are to find the power of the Holy Spirit. And God has sent it to, and he's placed it in the church of Jesus Christ. And every time the doors are open, he makes available to people that don't even know Jesus to come in. And they sense his presence. You know why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord dwells, there's liberty. My prayer every day, Lord, when people walk into the house of God, let them sense your presence because in his presence there's fullness of joy. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Listen, you can have more fun serving Jesus than you can serving the devil. You can get high on Jesus and not wake up with a hangover. I've never had a hangover, but I came close to it one day. My father-in-law knew how to make good wine. I mean... It was good stuff. It was that communion type of wine. And one day, on a cold, snowy day, we were out feeding cattle. And he had bought this good wine. And we didn't let Sherry and my mother-in-law know that we even had it. We hid it in the hay barn. And then we stood the end gate of an old truck up against it. So you'd really have a hard time finding it. Do you know the Lord has, knows where every hidden thing is in our life? We were building a home at that time. My father-in-law was helping us build the house that we live in today. And uh, he had gone to Oklahoma City to pick up the windows for us. He brought those windows to the hay barn. And he was looking for a safe place to stack them. Why in the world he had to move that end gate is more than I know. Why he had to uncover that gallon of wine by moving that bale of hay, I'll never be able to explain it. But my dad took that gallon of jug and set it right out in the middle of the hay barn where we backed in to load the truck with hay so we would know that he knew. Well... We still drank the wine, didn't we? (laughs) And it was good. (laughs) I wish it wasn't. Where was I? (laughs) Yes, who do we want in the White House? Yes, yes. I close with these thoughts. Then I want us to come and we're going to spend a few minutes in prayer before we leave. There's only two kinds of power, and you're controlled by one or the other. There's power over people, and there is power with people. Jesus of Nazareth founded his kingdom upon the power of love. I don't think you got that. Jesus founded his kingdom on the power of love. He did not take a role as a dictator who had the power over people, but he served them 
as their Savior and became powerful with them. And the power of God is controlled and it holds a secret to our spiritual, moral, and natural survivor, survival. So where are we today? We're facing moments in our life when America is on the cliff, the edge of the cliff. Can I ask you this question? Does the Bible say when God is for us, who can be against us? Yes, it does. And I believe God is sitting in heaven this morning, and he's listening to see how many people will cry out, Oh, God, save America. We don't want to lose our Christian values. We don't want some dictator telling us we can't go to the house of God anymore. We don't want somebody saying we can't take some extra protection with us as we travel down the highway not knowing what we may meet. We don't want somebody standing over. Listen, we need somebody that will take America back, that will not allow money to be their God, that will not allow their distraction to become immoral, that will not allow their attraction to be something that will destroy the values of, our, of America. Patrick Henry, one day, one of our early leaders in life, on his knees in a moment, in a crisis of America, he said, give me liberty or give me life. Lord, restore the liberty to the church world again, where we can have the love of God that will motivate us to spend the time in humbling ourselves and praying and asking God, God, your favor to be on this election this year. Lord, we, we want your will, not our will. We want your will to be done on earth, on earth. Lord, it's not a decision in heaven. It's the decisions that will be made on earth that will dis- de- determine what lies ahead for America. I read a few years ago, I've looked for the, for the document and I can't find it. But when this document was printed, it said that 82 cents out of every dollar was given in missions so that the Bible, so that the Word of God could be taught in foreign nations. How about this? God says, you honor Israel, I'll honor you. And we've had leadership the past few years that have literally turned their back on Israel. Oh, they say one thing. But they, they say they, they, they can talk to one crowd and they can talk to a, di- a different language to another crowd. Listen, the heartbeat of the church is still, Israel, we love you. You're God's chosen people. You said when we honor Israel, our prayers could be answered. When we honor your people, Lord, your people is important. That's still your, your people, and we're going to honor them no matter what politics has to say. And America, for the greater part, has done that. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me loud and clear. Would you allow the Holy Spirit just to talk to you for a few moments this morning? Would you just allow him entrance into your heart today? Because he wants to say something to all of us. And he wants to say something powerful. Because you have an influence on your friends. And many of your friends are not here today. You have an influence over the world that you work in, the world that surrounds you, and the people that may be your customers and and your neighbors that may not attend the house of God anywhere. You have connections with people this morning that are great people. 
So many people this morning in America have been deceived. And deception is from the devil. And as sure as there's a God, there's a devil. He's a spiritual being today. And the Bible says he's as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. May our prayer be this morning, God, the enemy is under our feet this morning. And America will rise and return to be a great nation. And the fear of America will reach around the world, a world that's lost respect for our country today. Lord, I hear the word restoration in my spirit this morning. Let there be a season of restoration that will sweep over the White House and the Congress and the Senate and the House. Lord, let every house, Lord, be touched this morning by the prayer of your people as we ask you to intervene in behalf of our country. In Jesus' name, would you stand? As the sound people have some music, I'm going to ask you, if you will, to step out from where you're at. And would you, if, would you come and stand in the front of the building this morning? And I, w- I want us to pray together before we leave the house of God. It's still 10, 10 minutes till 12. We'll still get out in, in good time this morning. But I want us to join together. I was telling Sherry this morning, I, I was in my study time this week, it said, the power of agreement is so powerful. And a challenging moment was this. Get somebody that will agree with you and you pray with them and let them pray with you. And the power of prayer can change the avenue of anything that's not God's plan. And we're challenged this morning with more than one challenge. Many of us are challenged with challenges at home. Many of us are, are so, so caught up in challenges. There's times when it just seems like the challenges are so strong that they literally suck the life out of you. But it's important that you realize that God has given you authority and the enemy has no real control over you. You've got to open the door before he can come in. It's time that America, it's time that you and I as a church say, we're going to meet you at the door. And enemy, you are, you are trespassing and we will not allow you to trespass and come into our house. We will not allow you to bring division in our marriages. We will not allow you to bring division among our children. We will not allow you to bring division today in America. But draw us together in one accord. And Lord, let us see America become great again. I'm going to ask you as you bow your head this morning, as I bow my head, in your own way. You don't have to pray loud like I pray, but I believe everybody has a way of praying and, and talking to the Lord. In the next few moments, I'd just like to ask you, if there's something in your life that's plaguing you, maybe there's an area of forgiveness. The Bible says unforgiveness will keep you for God from hearing your prayers and answering those prayers. Listen, if there's somebody who has unforgiveness in your heart today, make a decision. I'm going to forgive them. Listen, you're not doing that person any harm by holding them in unforgiveness. You're bringing harm to yourself. And forgiving them doesn't mean that what they did to you was right. It just sets you free from the bondage of being rebellious against what God's Word has to say. You're here this morning, and you're just going through some stuff. I ask the Lord, Lord, help me. Help me to get through this chapter. Help me to get through this, 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 this moment in my life because I want to be strong in the Lord, and I want to be able to do what you want. And I want 
I, want, I just want to be exampled. Lord, help me to be what you want me to be. In your own way, I just want you to talk to the Lord. Lord, we just thank you this morning. I thank you for this awesome church family. I thank you for the pioneers that have gone before us that have laid a good foundation so that this place could stand in the midst of the storm. Oh, Lord, even the day when this place was torched and everything above ground melted to a pile of ashes, the foundation still was there, still in place. Lord, it seems like life sometimes just melts us to ashes, but that foundation keeps us from checking out. And I pray this morning, let there be hope in every believer as we leave this place this morning. You not only have the ability to put people in place that can rebuild America, and America can be strong again, but you have the ability to give us the strength and the courage and the faith to believe that with you nothing is impossible. To every family who's here this morning, I release the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit upon each one. May the strength to face the moments ahead no matter what they may be, may the strength that comes only from you bring new vitality, new courage. And may that we all realize the joy of the Lord is our strength. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your blessings this morning. Thank you, Father, for the scripture that says, seven times a day, O Lord, will I praise you for your righteous judgment. Great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes us to stumble. May the peace of God flow through us today, knowing that Romans 8.28 says you'll work things out for our good, not because we're perfect, but because we love you. And I believe you're working today. And should America take the wrong path, Lord, it doesn't mean that you're not for us. It doesn't mean that, Lord, that you, there's no hope. Our hope is in you, Lord, not in politics. Lord, may we be strong in the faith and very courageous in the time of storm. And all the praise goes to you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's family said, amen. If you're in the circle this morning and as we dismiss and you need special prayer, would you please not leave the front of the building and give Sherry and I time, a moment with you in special prayer. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed. You're an awesome group of people. It's been a joy to minister to you today. Thank you, Jesus.